Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. And we are underway with an immediate turnover and a Donovan goal! Landon Donovan scores! 12 seconds in! 1-0! San Diego as Donovan opens his... Then he got another one. Landon Donovan scores two, adds a couple of dimes. Soccers win their 13th in a row. Soccers are Pacific Division champions in the MASL. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Soccer's Overtime, your weekly look inside the San Diego Soccers and the MASL from our Mighty 1090 Podcasting Studios. I'm Craig Elston. Joining me through the magic of the computer, it is Nate Abarea, you were missed, Nate, on Friday night, but the Sockers, they didn't look back, although we may have on the broadcast. They didn't skip a beat. They hammered Turlock 13-2. Well, I'm just here, Craig, for the Cressy Elston Donovan reggae dub football rapido play-by-play right there. That was a thing of beauty, and it is good to be back with you, sir. Uh, indeed, we are back here now. We we had apologized, and and hey, listen, I'm going to say this right on the top. This is episode 13 of our first season of Soccer's Overtime, and it comes in quick fashion after episode 12. Uh, if you're listening to this one and you've missed episode 12, I suggest you continue down your feed when you're done with this show and listen to our live broadcast from Fall Brewing because uh, the only thing that was spoiled from that is that, shockingly, San Diego beat Turlock, but you knew that coming in. So that really shouldn't be an issue, but we have some. We had some real fun on that podcast. We brought you a lot of live flavor from North Park and Fall Brewing Company <laughs> and uh, Cesar Torres and Craig Childs uh, and Daryl Biggs from the Deep End were our guests. It was it was a real blast. So don't skip on episode 12 just because we're hot and fresh in your feed here uh, back on our regularly scheduled Monday afternoon. That was that was a real kick, man. I'm, I'm really looking forward to a lot more team meet and greets like that. That was a really good time up there on the uh, the north end of North Park uh, there at uh, at Fall Brewing back last Wednesday. Nah, man, players, coaches, broadcasters, front office executives, fans, everybody joined together at a classic brew pub, sharing some studs, sharing some stories, good vibes all around, and we managed to can it into a podcast for everybody to to listen to so i feel like if if fall river beer were a podcast it would be episode 12 of soccer's overtime which we recorded live at that fabulous brewery back on wednesday night can't wait to get back there yeah much appreciated uh to one and all for for that evening to all the fans who came out to all the folks at fall and to all the soccer's front office uh who joined us and to all the players who made the trip to north park uh to have a lot of fun so speaking of fun friday night man and i know you were down in tijuana you had a, a Sholo's uh commitment and conflict uh that kept you away from your only match i believe of the year or at least we hope 
and the soccer is playing Turlock. Normally, you know there's no drama there, but there was a little bit of drama going into that game. Namely, would Landon Donovan get his first goal? If so, how many goals might he get, and what kind of night would it be? And boy, that question, as you heard on the clip, uh, was answered almost instantly on a turnover and score, and then he gets a second one, uh, which we'll play here uh, just about seven minutes later. And before we could get to the first quarter timeout, Donovan, it was 2 nothing. On attack, in the corner, up the wall, rubs off a tackle attempt. Childs now, dummied by Ortega, so Pino can put it through. Rebound goal! Donovan's got his brace! Landon Donovan, two goals in under eight minutes for the Sockers tonight. And he would add a couple of second-half assists uh, as well, Nate. Donovan was made a sidewall pass to himself. He looked uh, pretty much compact and where he needed to be on defense. What a shocker. Landon Donovan's a quick learner. <laughs> and just like the uh, the buses when I was growing up in Santa Cruz County, I wait all that time for one and then two come along when I'm not there. And <laughs> there it is. So uh, congratulations to Landon Donovan uh, on getting that monkey off his back and, and doing it with some style because now the exhale happens and now it's Ron Newman Cup time. Now it's let's make a run for a championship. Landon is going to score more goals from here. He is going to notch more assists from here. But getting that first one out of the way, it is a little bit of a hump to get over. And he he got over it brilliantly. And what a way for that game to start. People just kind of getting to their seats, grabbing a $2 Bud Light or a $5 Califino Margarita. And I hope y'all got to your seats in time to catch that moment just a few seconds into the game. Great call, Craig. And great moment for LD. Well, and it was the start of a lot of fun. The Sockers were up 3-0 in a quick hurry at Turlock. You know, playing competitively while they had their legs, uh, held it to 5-2 going to halftime. Uh, and then a lot of the third quarter was, you know, defense. It was it was a, a tough battle. And then the Sockers just exploded and wound up with nine unanswered goals to wrap the contest at 13-2. Craig Childs made his return to the lineup uh, in episode 12 when we spoke to Craig. He was hopeful that he would. Uh, and sure enough, Childs was back, had two goals, scored on the set-piece hesitation move move that he's got to be the best in the league at uh and added a power play goal on a donovan assist assisted on a set piece doing lots of craig giles things uh but i guess the subplot here is that in donovan's first game he didn't have Childs as a player to play off of these two gaining chemistry and in particular there were moments during the power play nate when i was just announcing as the ball's moving around and i'm saying donovan Childs, Escoto, Leo, Donovan, Childs. And you're going, and then you think to yourself, how do you not score when you've got that much talent on the field? That's a it's a rhetorical question. And the soccer's racked up 13 against Turlock. I want to see this against a bit of a stronger opponent. You always have those cynics out there who are gonna roll their eyes and go, ah, it was against Turlock. Let's see it against Ontario this coming Sunday. Let's see it down the stretch run in April against Monterey. Let's see it into the playoffs, but you can only play against what's in front of you. And on Friday night, the Sockers did a brilliant job against a team that gave them a little bit of trouble in that first half, had the score at 4-2 at one point in that game. But once the Sockers got the style ball rolling, there was no looking back. And, and it was a work of art 
all night. And I love the fact that you spotlight, Craig, the, the unselfishness of this soccer team, where all those players that you just spotlighted right now are all individually immensely talented, threatening in front of goal. They're guys who could rack up goals on their own. But you really made a point there of talking about the passing and talking about the unselfishness with this team, and that's what it's going to take because some nights a guy's going to be off, some nights the new man's going to step up, some nights it's going to be Landon, some nights it's Childs, some nights it's Farber when he gets back and healthy, Escoto having a run at a potential MVP, I feel, this season. So it's going to have to be the collective effort, and I love the fact that these guys, they, they, they have no problem sharing the ball, and that's a big thing to put it very simply they enjoy sharing with one another, and that's a recipe for success. You know, you mentioned Brandon Escoto, and uh, whether it's MVP, uh, you know, I started today, uh, as we shared on soccer's social media, the graphic showing that Pardo now leads in the triple crown of wins, goals against average, and saves percentage, the hashtag MVPardo, uh, you know, and... <laughs> and uh, you know, getting that uh, going, getting that MVP talk going, uh, you know, you worry about a, a an attacking player who doesn't lead the league in points, basically uh, not just being pointed at and saying, well, what about this guy who got 10 more points? Uh, but I do think first team MASL is where Brandon Escoto needs to be headed. At the very least, he needs to be recognized in the starting lineup of this league uh, uh, because Brandon Escoto is, I think, right now the most fun watch in the league. And I watch all these teams. I watch these great players, you know, and, and how Nick Pereira can can dominate a game offensively and how Ian Bennett is just a goal-scoring machine and Max Ferdinand is arguably, arguably the best setup man in the MASL. I mean, there's talent around this league. But Escoto, the things he does on the field, and we'll play one of them coming up here shortly uh, when we get to the fourth quarter Galazzo contest, the things he does on the field, you just don't see uh, on a regular basis. No, he gets people out of their seats. I mean, it's what we love about indoor soccer. It's what we love about the arena game. It's football rapido personified in the individual that is Brandon Escoto. And it's it's football scene from it's the Tijuana connection with San Diego that we harp on all the time on this podcast that we're so proud of. And Escoto really brings all of those components together. And as a guy who's a little bit smaller in terms of physical stature, he's got a little bit of that, that chip on the shoulder, that, that doggish grit, that hunger out there. And he wants to embarrass people. He's that type of player who gets a real thrill, a real high out of embarrassing people out of nutmegging players out of juking by people breaking ankles a perfect dime is just as good as a a perfect goal uh for brandon escoto and those are things that bring people to the arena those are things that bring people out to our grand old arena you can't have enough of that what if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation where it's not about mission statements but a shared mission at U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. In this sport, and Brandon Escoto brings it all to the table, and I think he's having his best season I don't want to get carried away here and say of his life because I've only known Brandon Escoto for 
three years, but as far as the time that I've known him, this is the best football I've ever seen him play. So a fun game and seven to two going to the fourth quarter. And then the Sockers walk away with six more for a 13-2 win. And there have been times in the past, Nate, where the Sockers have put up score lines like this, and I've almost been bummed out about it at the end of the game. Like, boy, I think fans might have been turned off by that because there just really wasn't much from the other team, and it was kind of like we right. were pushing people around. Uh, but the difference, and you know, I've been around this Sockers team, as you know, you know, since its reincarnation. The difference is when you can score entertaining goals when you score really pretty and fun goals that keeps the crowd very much involved uh and and they really aren't thinking about the other side until maybe later on the ride home uh as opposed to sitting there going maybe it's time to go home because this other team's just garbage uh and that's what happened to start the fourth quarter where one two three four uh over the course of of about four minutes, we saw just an insane, crazy fun. And it started, uh, and it, we kind of did a pick the Galazzo contest with myself and your uh, temporary replacement, Mr. Farber, uh, <laughs> uh, on on the broadcast uh, on Friday. But I'll, I'll let you get into the fun because it started with, and I, of course everyone can go back to MASL TV and, and, and watch the replay, or you can watch uh, Eddie Trujillo's highlight compilation on MASL Off the Wall on Facebook, but uh, it started with Ray Contreras probably three full strides behind the red line with a complete rocket to make it eight to two. And here's that. Long one, goal! Raimundo Kegalasso! Ocho on the board! It's eight to two. Had to steal from you on that one. Um, I mean, class with the with the broadcast language right there, man. You've gone Portuguese back on opening night. We've gone Espanol throughout the year. This is truly Futbol Rápido Sin Fronteras. Credit to you. Hat tip to you, huh. Mr. Elston. And, of course, a hat tip to uh, the man who actually scored the goal there, who is a quite the threat moving forward. In addition to helping things out defensively, Rey Contreras is quite the threat offensively for the soccer team. Yeah, that was just an absolute rip. And in fact, I said, as we were showing the replay a couple of times, like, well, that's going to make plays of the week this week. And then the next three goals scored all could top it potentially. So speaking of getting a monkey off the back, how about Hiram Pollo Ruiz? who came into the game. Now, again, I'll, I'll, I'll share a couple things with you here, Nate, because I know you weren't at the game. I don't know if you watched the whole replay back, but uh, Poyle comes into the game with no goals on the season. The Sockers are looking to get him a goal, even to the extent that on a power play in the second quarter where it was a shootout, Craig Childs held up to pass to Poyo. To get him a goal, and Poyo had a completely wide open goal and hit it off the left side, and <laughs> and, and, and missed wide. I mean, completely wide open, right there. Tap it in, just about where Donovan was, where he scored, and he just knocked it off the wall. And then uh, a little bit later in the third quarter, uh, he had another great open chance, and he rammed the right post. And I threw out a, an El, El Paso Coyote, ay 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 ay, on the air because it was just so. It was like he's never going to score ever. And then in the fourth, not only does Poyo score, but it's the second of two consecutive back heels, Pittman to Ruiz to the goal line. 
Giles. Pittman punched out by Martinez. Back heel. Ruiz! Hola Playa to the scoreboard! It's 9-2! And it took being an inch away! Two sides of the cross! But it's time for the chicken dance! Boyo. Oh, boy. Third time a charm for Boyo and just the sauce on display from the Sockers in that fourth quarter. That stuff that brings people back for more because where else are you going to see that in town? Where else are you going to see that in a big old region here? This is special stuff going on right now, and I love the fact that the Sockers are hitting that stride creatively, artistically, shall we say, Craig? Because, yeah, I did I did go back and watch every goal from the other night, including that fourth quarter barrage that you texted me about on Friday night as I was just getting back from Estadio Caliente in Tijuana and crossing the border and walking back into the house here in San Diego. And I get a text from Elston that says, Go back to YouTube and watch the fourth quarter. It was a pick your golasso <laughs> competition. So I took your word for it. I went back and watched it, and I was not disappointed. And yeah, what a moment for Poyo. It's been a struggle for Poyo throughout the season and I think throughout the game, uh, it's safe to say as well. So a little bit of poetry at work, a little bit of poetic justice there for Poyo. The third time a charm with that sumptuous back heel assisted by uh, our favorite Clay Thompson-esque communicator, one Travis Pittman. So those are the first two, and you say, well, you can't possibly top those. And then Christian Segura scores from midfield on a chip. Bonanno steps in on the steal. Here comes Segura on the wall, and Donovan working down the middle. Flags! He got it! Oh, Segura! Puts the 10th on the board with something special. I took a look back, one stride inside midfield, and Segura chips poor Edgar Martinez, who got one hand on the ball, then <laughs> fell helplessly, and the ball fell too. But here, here I believe, and I don't even think I do it justice, because it's kind of hard to describe a right-footed behind-the-back flick to a left-footed outside-of-the-foot flick to the goal. Uh Donovan gets his fourth point on Escoto. Donovan smoothly uses the sidewall. Now he's, he's an indoor player. Yeah, now. rookie's learning something. Donovan says, I'm here. Lays it off. Escoto! Yes! Donovan's fourth point. There's, there's the over. I won. Escoto's goal! 11-2. And uh, Brian Farber, Nate, at that point, when he went through the replay, he said, well, Brandon could have struck this first time, but instead he wound up making the defender, uh, embarrassing the defender, which he has a tendency to do. <laughs> and there you go. I go back to what I was talking about just a few minutes ago and players like that. Sometimes they can drive their coaches and teammates crazy. That extra little dribble, that extra little dribbling a sauce onto the field right there, but that's what we love about a scope though. And case in point right there could have hit it first time, but now nah, we gotta, we gotta add a little flair to this thing.
Speaking of adding a little flair, now, I asked our guest, Cheeky Luna, which of the four would you pick? And he thought about it, and he decided it was Escoto. It was Escoto's goal uh, that, that would be his pick for the dirtiest, which is crazy because it's like picking amongst your grandchildren, uh, trying to pick from those four. It was four lovely scores. Let us welcome into the program the soccer's director of player personnel making a return trip to soccer's overtime, Cheeky Luna. Cheeky, my friend, I hope you're not sore after that long practice today out at Bradley Park. How are you doing? <laughs> doing great, man. It's always uh, good getting out there with the guys. It's, uh, it's a fun group. They play fun soccer, and it for sure reminds me or brings me back to reality as to why I had to hang them up, man, trying to run with those uh, <laughs> young kids. It's, it's not fun anymore. I love being on the ball. I love... Uh, knocking the ball around with them and you know uh when i get to be on the offensive side but just imagine me trying to chase brandon and serta uh around the field right now there's no way <laughs> oh cheeky well this team right now is one thirteen in a row they've won the pacific division championship and it's funny because normally that would have been the overriding topic for any club in this league but Nate and I have barely mentioned it today on the podcast because I'm sure you would affirm uh, nobody came into this season just looking to win the Pacific Division. No, you know, um, coming in, uh, our goal wasn't um, to win the the Pacific. Uh, No disrespect to uh, the teams we're playing against. Um, You know, I know we usually battle Tacoma. uh, We usually battle Ontario. Uh, They have great teams. Um, but our our expectation and our uh, our level of thinking coming into the season is much beyond that. Um, I've said it a few times before, uh, and, and I'm going to repeat it. Uh, for for this franchise, the goal is figuring out how to win the championship. Right? Anything less than winning the championship is a failure, and that's what we've been doing to build the last few years. Is trying to find that formula to win a championship, not, not win our division and not win our conference. But, you know, we're trying to figure out how to get that ring again. Cheeky, you talk about, uh, we talk about a 13-game win streak for the Sockers team, and it's 13 and not an undefeated record for the Sockers because of a loss to Tacoma back in late December. And I have to ask you now, with hindsight, of course, being 2020 here in uh, early March, do you think that loss was a bit of a blessing in disguise for the soccer team as far as Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Getting that 
undefeated season talk out the window and being able to just focus on the the real goal for this team, which is winning the Ron Newman Cup? You know, it it always uh, is, I think. Losing a game, as long as uh, it's not in the playoffs, it's always uh, for the better, I think, especially for a team like us. Um, That game, you know, it it did teach us a lot. Uh, We had tons of chances, I thought. That game, we outplayed uh, Tacoma. I know everybody says that after a loss. Oh, we outplayed them. We were unlucky. Um, <laughs> but that game, um, I, I truly do think we played better than Tacoma uh, that day. But I'm telling you, it, what, it, what it taught the team and what it teaches everyone in our organization is if you have a hot goalie, a, a goalie can win a game for you. Um, that game, I mean, you had Danny Waltman making – saves out of nowhere and uh you know people will say oh he had a lucky game and i'm telling people i'm looking at him in the face and i say dude i've played with danny waltman with the national team and no he does this on a regular basis and if danny gets hot in a playoff game watch out um you're in trouble you know you're not going to score six goals on danny if he's hot and i don't care if you have uh a bunch of shots a bunch of one-on-ones whatever you want to call it you can be out playing their team, and if you have a guy like uh, uh, Danny or uh, uh, Chris Toth, a, a Boris Pardo, those guys can shut off your home offense really quick. Um, so that was one of the uh, the, the learning uh, uh, things for us based on that game. You know, whenever you get our chances, we've been focusing a lot on on finishing, uh, and I think it's it's showing because guys are starting to feel more comfortable in front of goal. Uh, we're starting to strike the ball cleaner. Uh, guys are starting to be a little bit more composed, which is something we struggled earlier on in the year. Maybe it was uh, the pressure of coming into to the the team. You know, it's a it, it's a new team. We have a lot of new players, so when we have guys coming into the team and they're trying to gel, they're trying to make the best impression. There's a lot of pressure, and then you put them in front of goal in a big game. There's a lot of pressure at that point. So. You know, now the guys are starting to relax a little bit more. Um, the game's starting to slow down for them. Uh, they're starting to deal with the uh, pressure much better of uh, having our jersey on. And uh, I think that's what you're seeing now um, with everyone just kind of taking a deep breath and saying, okay, we have a good team. Now let's work hard. Now let's do the right things and let's figure out how to take that next step. We're talking with Cheeky Luna, the director of player personnel here on Soccer's Overtime. And, uh, you know, Cheeky, uh, speaking to uh, sort of what you were just discussing, which is the power of a goalie to really dictate things in a big-time MASL match, uh, while you see the Soccer's put up electric gold totals and we talk about you know, Craig Childs and Brandon Escoto and Landon Donovan and Leo and the way that this team uh, is able to light up the scoreboard. When you really look at 15-1 and and why the team has the best record in the league as opposed to not having the second or third or fourth best record, you know, I look to Boris Pardo stopping a Frank Tayu fourth-quarter shootout in a tie game on the road in Mexico. I look to him stopping a breakaway in extra time. I look to the Soccers being 3-0 and in overtime, with Pardo making saves in each of those three overtimes. You know, not a situation where he wasn't challenged. And to me, the through line to the Soccers' success this year is Boris Pardo. That's why I'm so bullish on pushing him, not just for goalie of the year, but for MVP. Yeah, I mean, I think our um, 
you know, we're, we're one of the best defensive teams in the league, if not the best right now. And to be honest with you, um, stats are stats to me. I, I really, uh, uh, you know, I really, I'm not going to uh, live and die by our stats at the end of the day. But um, having said that, I do think our team has taken a lot of pride this year on being one of the best defensive teams we can be. It uh, doesn't necessarily mean we have to be the best defensive team in the league, but we are going to be the best defensive team we can be as a unit. Um, right now, I think that's translating into possibly the best defensive team in the league. Um, that is, you know, our anchor is Boris. Uh, Boris has done a great job communicating, making the guys feel comfortable back there, getting the best out of his uh, defenders. Um, so right now, you know, the most important piece in our puzzle with the team is Boris Pardo. Um, obviously, you know, you have uh, all of our other players, but, you know, you've seen it. Uh, we went up to Tacoma, uh, played without Craig Childs. We played without Brian Farber. Um, Landon now, who's come in and fit in really well the last few weeks. And those guys can make the trip, and we still played very well up there. Defensively, we were very sound. And it's, it's you know, the common denominator to all these things defensively is Boris being the glue there, keeping everyone on the same page. Um, once again, you know, I, I, to me, his communication skills are, are it's something that people don't realize um, what it does to your defense, to your team, the way he communicates to the back line, to the midfield, the way he gets you to step on, when to drop off. Um, you know, Boris is a, a big piece to, to this team. Um, then you add, you know, the the guys that are just so defensively sound right now for us. Um, uh, Pino, uh, you know, good luck trying to beat that guy on a one-on-one battle. Uh, Serta, you know, same thing. Both of those guys defensively are just amazing right now. Then you have uh, Contreras there, who's been our anchor uh, since last year. Uh, you throw Pee Wee in that mix, who can defend, and then he runs at you. Um, you know, I can't speak enough about these guys. They're having a great season. Cheeky switching over to the offensive side of things and another guy who's getting a lot of national attention and rightfully so a lot of appreciation here locally uh, this season. I speak, of course, of Brandon Escoto, and I'm glad you, you said you're kind of an old-school guy when it comes to the statistical evolution of, of soccer, whether it's outdoors, whether it's indoors. So I'll try to make this question a, a little more classic because from an artistic standpoint, from a pure on-the-ball standpoint, I've watched Brandon Escoto for a few years. This is as good seen him. He is as quality of a footballer right now, I think, as as he may possibly have ever been. He's playing quite possibly the best football of his life right now. Why do you, as the director of player personnel, think that that is this season for Brandon? You know, Brandon is starting to mature. Talent-wise, there's no doubt he is the most talented uh, player in this league to me. Um, Skill-wise, you know, he's super skilled. The the kid can uh, run at you, uh, and he puts you on, on your heels. And, you know, if you're matched up one-on-one, I'll take my chances with any defender, anybody in this league, and Brandon's going to run right by you. Um, so he's drawing a lot of uh, double teams, triple teams. The difference this year uh, compared to where he was last year, the year before, is now he's starting to realize it. He's starting to finally learn, right? Um, Brandon uh, has Brandon came in as 
a great talent, but he was more like a like a street ball player. You know, you try to teach him uh, how to play in an offensive system a little bit. He didn't want to listen, and he didn't listen. Uh, defensively, the same way. You would teach him how to defend, and he would look at you and say yes, and then you'd let him loose, and next thing you know, he's doing the complete opposite. Um, but now he's starting to realize, and he's starting to learn. Um, you know, keep in mind, this is a, a young kid. Um, you know, he's, what, 20, 22, 23, if I'm not mistaken? So, mm-hmm. um, Brandon, I think you give him another two to three years, and he's going to mature a lot more as a player. And now when you combine that maturity mentally and you put that with his physical ability and just raw talent, it's going to be scary what he's going to be able to do in the future. Um, we're already talking to him, uh, talking about him as, uh, uh, you know, one of the top players in the league, uh, MVP candidate. And, you know, without, without a doubt, uh, you get him to mature a little bit more. And once he learns this game completely, um, he's going to be, you know, just uh, way better than any player uh, we've seen in a long time. Last thing, Cheeky, and, and we'll let you get out of here on Soccer's OT. Uh, this club, as we mentioned at the start, to kind of bring it to the full loop, not looking to settle for being the Pacific Division champs and maybe out in the second round, looking to go all the way. Uh, with a record of 15-1, and one, I witnessed uh, myself this morning uh, a very intense training and one where uh, you know a lot of, of coaching was given and and where it was not simply hey let's kick it around play possession and then you know do a couple of drills it, it was a, a very intense practice really trying to fine tune uh, without giving away the store uh, what are some of the, the the tiny areas the the areas of concentration that the soccers are really looking to lock down going into the Ron Newman Cup playoffs um, you know just like um, uh, like the team's doing a great job of focusing and fine-tuning the little things, our weaknesses. Um, I think one of the biggest improvements is uh, within our coaching staff. Uh, Phil is actually taking it very serious this year when it comes to watching games, watching film. He's taking that extra time to uh, watch, watch our games. You know, he'll go back and watch our game twice, and then he sits there sending me text messages and calls you know, at night, and um, you know, sometimes I text him back, dude. Leave me alone. I'm trying to get some rest. Stop, you know, stop <laughs> bothering me. But he's going over film, and he'll just make you know comments where he says, "Hey, go watch uh, second quarter this minute. Uh, tell me if you see what I see. I-, I see this mistake, and we need to break it down." And I'm going, "Oh man, I'll look at it tomorrow. I'm trying to get some rest, and you know." But I think that's a that's a big difference. Phil has really stepped up this year when it comes to taking the the coaching job. Uh, at a whole new level, he's very serious about it. He really wants to win, uh, and that's what it was today. We we've been seeing little mistakes where if we can correct certain mistakes, I think it's going to improve the team. It's going to help us out defensively. And um, you know, you were at the training session today. It was very it was very intense, and it was uh, it was very draining. Uh, mentally and emotionally for the players because it was a lot of stopping, a lot of um, requiring their 100% uh, uh, dedication, and just mentally they had to be in the practice. Um, You know, a lot of guys got called out this morning when they were making mistakes, stopping the play, 
which is, um, it's great. You know, you're, you're learning and, you know, like you're saying, we're, we're 15 and one or 13 and one, whatever we are. Um, uh, you know, right now, any, any team I think would be happy and just say, Hey, let's just keep playing. Let's, uh, uh, keep riding the way we are. Hey, if it ain't, if it ain't broke, why fix it? And I'm looking at this whole thing. And I think the coaching staff is looking at this team and we're going, there is room for improvement. Um, and when we're looking at the mistakes we're making, why we're giving up goals, why we are, uh, you know, getting countered on from time to time or, you know, why people are getting looks at our goal, we're trying to fix those mistakes. So it doesn't happen. Cheeky buddy, uh, we are up against it, but we thank you as always for the time. You're a regular correspondent now on Soccer's Overtime, and we really appreciate getting that front office coaching perspective on what's happening with the club. We'll check in uh, with you again when we get to playoff time. All right, guys. Thanks for having me on. Love uh, chatting with you guys. Cheers, Cheeky. Cheeky Luna. What do you think, Nate? I love it. I mean, I'm I'm thinking, though, there was one part of him talking about Boris Pardo inspiring people, and I just got horrible flashbacks to young Santiago Luna, the son of mm. the man who was just on our oh, show right we there, really being gotten inspired into that more. Yeah. as a goalkeeper. I'm still getting, you know, haunted dreams from my, my showdown uh, with young Santi, who idolizes Boris Pardo. Cheeky wanted his son and still wants his son to be a field player, to be an outfield player, but over the last year or so, Young Santiago Luna has just been in awe of one Boris Pardo, and Boris even got him a pair of gloves, and now Santiago's such a good goalkeeper, he even stops my penalty kick. So I'm looking for my rematch with uh, with young Santiago Luna. No, as far as the actual <laughs> soccer storylines there, this is a team with... Boris Pardo as a true leader right now that has as much leadership as anybody in this league. When you look at Craig Childs, you look at Farber, you look at Landon Donovan. I know he's a rookie when it comes to football rapi, though, but that is a leadership presence if there's ever been one within this team. So I love that. And I love the fact that he spotlighted how young Brandon Escoto is. And I love the fact that Cheeky didn't hold back in terms of some of the frustrations with Brandon over the last couple of years and kind of throwing stats out the window of this discussion and having it be more of a classic study of a footballer and just a guy that you watch day in, day out, week in, week out on the pitch. And it's so noticeable this season. And I'm just talking about it from way up on the commentary gantry with you. I can't even imagine in training every day, all the stuff that I don't get to see with this soccer team. It sounds like it's much of the same in terms of the maturity, the growth, the progression as a professional for Brandon Escoto. And I love those words of affirmation uh, in terms of all this from Cheeky Luna. Who better to to credit the the growth of a player and talk about what he's seen than, than Cheeky Luna, than the director of player personnel and a man who has the perspective of a player and a coach himself. So I loved the honesty about Brandon Escoto right there. And I always love hearing Cheeky talk about Boris as well. All right, let's wrap up with a quick preview. We don't really need to get into the particulars of the Ontario Fury and that this is match five of six uh, between the two sides, other than noting that, yes, Adrian Perez is off to LAFC, uh, and that contract is signed. So Perez, signed, sealed, delivered away, uh, will not be back with the Fury, won't be moonlighting uh, in the Inland Empire. He is LAFC's property now, and that means... The Fury have really recalibrated also with Walls going off to, uh, I think it was Tucson uh, in USL, Tony Walls. Uh, that's, that's to me, 
basically the brick and the mortar of the Fury offense uh, having disappeared. The team has moved the aged veteran and former soccer Victor Kalu Kiros uh, from his traditional defender position to forward. And uh, he's been generating offense uh, and actually a pretty good deal of offense for the Fury uh, since he has made that move. Uh, you know, they're going to be looking to uh, Chico. They're going to be looking to Goncalves. Uh, they're going to be looking to Charlie Gonzalez. You know, that's how the Fury tries to get their their offense going. I kind of feel like we we know this team and we know that these games, you know, have, have gone in a range of somewhere between three to two and I think 6-5 was the highest scoring uh, of all the group. So we know it's going to be close. And uh, that leaves one storyline to me, Nate, which is Chris Toth versus Landon Donovan. Oh, I've, I've been, you know, real enamored by Toth versus Pardon head-to-head narrative in these San Diego Ontario matchups uh, throughout the season. No, this is a new one. This is a fun one. Here you go, Landon. You got your brace against Turlock. Now here's one of the best goalkeepers in MASL history and a, a man with such a great goalkeeping lineage from the beach to the arena to the outdoor field. That's going to be a lot of fun. Every time Landon is in the final third, he's got to get one past Chris Toth. I love the fact that you phrase it that way. And real quick, big tip of the cap to, to Adrian Perez. And, and you talk about a feather in the cap of this league. And you remember when we talked about Darren Sawatsky leaving that Tacoma job and, and heading to the outdoor professional ranks from the MASL to have a player in the same month, in the same span of time where Landon Donovan, where arguably the greatest player in U.S. soccer history with the U.S. men's national team comes inside into the arena to join the soccers and a young, talented Southern California player heads from the Ontario Fury in the MASL to sign a contract with LAFC in Major League Soccer. It's coming both ways right now and the league has got to be loving this because this is all good stuff and I go back to our first episode of Soccer's Overtime and talking with Commissioner Schaub about wanting to make the MASL part of the grander soccer ecosystem. I think we are accomplishing that quite a bit here in recent times. Uh, you're exactly right. Uh, you know, Unquestionably, Landon Donovan signing in the MASL is the biggest news in the Major Arena Soccer League this year. But the second biggest news is Adrian Perez signing with LAFC. Uh, and in any other year, that would have been the biggest news. It really is a sign, so many signs uh, of, of great things to come. So Nate and I will join you on MASL TV with all the action along with our Michelle May uh, coming up on Sunday, March 10th. Sunday fun day, there will be a special tailgate out in the parking lot uh, prior to this 5 o'clock match, uh, which will have, for example, our boys at Three Punk Ales out and, and pouring, Calafino out in the parking lot and pouring. So a real chance to have a great Sunday fun day uh, and come out, have a little uh, fun in the parking lot prior to the 5 o'clock match. Everybody through the gates while supplies last get a 32-ounce cup that has the not only the Soccer's Retro logo on it, but it's got almost all the players of the team on the
on the cup as well in action shots. It's it's really a great giveaway. It's one of my favorites of the year. Uh, $5 Calafino margaritas inside, of course, free parking, and a 505 kick between the Sockers and the Fury will bring you all the action if you're out of town, because I'm not going to say if you can't make it. You better make it. You know, you just you, 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 you got to make it, all right? If you're listening to Soccer's Overtime and you're in San Diego, you know, you either be at the game or provide Nate and I a doctor's note. Like, there's one of two ways to go here. Be at the game or provide us your written excuse as to why you couldn't make it authorized by somebody other than you. And uh, then we will accept that excuse and only that excuse. But if you're out of the county... You know, you can watch on MASL TV and you'll all watch the replay as well. Nate, my friend, I got to go hop on the radio and I appreciate your time as always, my friend. Do your thing over there at Mighty 1090 and we will see you on Sunday. Looking forward to it, baby. Back in the arena. For the director of player personnel, Cheeky Luna. For Nate Abarea, Craig Elston signing off on this edition of Soccer's Overtime, the Pacific Division champs. Aiming higher. We'll talk to you later. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.